y'all get ready for another edition of news and trends with your host dave and lynn welcome 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 to news and trends with dave and lynn this is one of your hosts mr david coker proprietor of dave mark inc also music management uh, promoter, uh, marketing specialist, all-around good guy, and the better half of um, partnership with Leonard Young, um, who is about to start talking. And don't believe anything that he has to say other than who he is. That That's the only truth he's probably about to tell at the moment. Yep, so this is Leonard Young. Dave is such a good guy. Dave is a good guy. Yep, this is Leonard Young. Uh, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, and uh, all-around good guy. How's it going, Dave? What's going on, sir? I'm, I'm good. Everything good with you? Yeah, you know, another another week down. Um, what the, uh, the the first Tuesday of, of the month that we're having? Are you right over, you're, you're right over there, sir. Yeah, because you know, I, you, look kind of, I, you sound like kind of disoriented. Just I know. Well, you know, Dave, I, I just stop and look at the date. the the month the the year is going by so quick. And when I was looking, okay. I'm like, hold on, like, okay, today's the sixth. <laughs> this is our first Tuesday of the month, and uh, you know, after this month, shit, the the year half over. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I I think that we need to say. Um, you know, as we get halfway through that, you know, it's, it's funny. We were just talking about how we were waiting on wintertime to get over with. Now we get ready to go into summer. I mean, the first full week of summer is, what, two weeks? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so but here we are. Um, beautiful weather. Um, did you do anything exciting over the weekend? Any weddings this weekend? Did you get married again or anything? Or what? No, no, Dave. I'm, I was actually waiting on your wedding, but maybe that'll be next week. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, you know, the, the weekend was a regular, a lot of kids' activities. Uh, one of my family members had a 50th wedding anniversary, so I want to congratulate my, my cousin, Bill and Anita Young celebrating 50 years and okay. um Congratulations, like, yeah and 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 to be honest i feel like i have not seen my like family members all together for a long time and, like, you know it just felt good to see all my cousins you know my relatives my parents so uh you know it, it, it was just a good event that, that was last week friday what about yourself uh no man, I, I didn't. I didn't do much of anything but work. Um, I worked this weekend and didn't do anything exciting. Um, you know, work and went to church on Sunday. That's 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 it. You know, well, you know, of course that's always exciting. But <laughs> other than that, that was <laughs> that was it. Um, so um, you know, I don't live that 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 high life like you do, man. So you know, uh, I, I mean, you could if you wanted to. No, you'll try to put me to work if I if I if I do it. <laughs> you know, so that, well, that's well, all. Well, Dave, 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 you you're not gonna live the high life with no work. 
Well, I work. I do work. Okay. You know, right. so, okay. Keep that in mind. I do work. So. All right. So, but um, um, but here we are. It's another Tuesday. Um, um, as we get um closer. Oh, well, we got another holiday coming up too. Juneteenth is coming up. Um, so you know, so as we get closer to Juneteenth and um, you know, being able to say that we can recognize that as a Truly a holiday now. That's, that's really good. Um, so, looking forward to that. And let's see. Well, we we're fortunate enough to, today to have a guest on with us today. So, we're going to actually uh, get ready to let you guys in on who we have. If you hadn't already seen it on our social media pages, uh, but why don't you go ahead and uh, read our guest bio? Well, hold on. Um, we are getting some feedback here, right? Can can you hear that, Leonard? Yeah, a little bit. Um, is that a radio or something? What is that? Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully that'll go down. But anyway, but why don't you go ahead and read the bio? Yeah, and so, uh, for our guest and introduce who we have on with us today. All right, so today our guest is John Coley. He started his career by studying with master drummer educator Michael Carvin in New York City. John has appeared as both a sideman and band leader for over 30 years. He currently performs regularly with his own band to the Max Orchestra, performing at social events, casinos, music festivals all over the country. He is also very active in his church, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware, as the drummer for 10 musical ministries at the church. His most recent musical venture has developed as band leader, that he has developed as band leader to the Max, is the To The Max Jazz Project, where they are currently in the process of recording their first CD. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce John Coley to the show. How you doing, John? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Well, yeah. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Uh, I know I appreciate having you on. Um, you know, you got a legend in this area, man. So uh, we definitely, definitely appreciate having you on today. Um, so um, um, I was listening to the bio. He was being very modest in this bio, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm just letting you know. Very, very modest, you know. So, <laughs> you know, even he has to laugh a little bit about that. But anybody that knows anything about who Mr. John Coley knows, um, knows that he, not only is he a busy man, but, you know, he's been providing entertainment for this area for a long time, a very long time. So, um, well, you know, I know we both got some questions for you, Leonard. I'm going to let you start with yours first. So. All right. Um, so first, John, I just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for your time. Um, so I guess my first question is, and I mean, this is kind of general, but, um, you know, where did your, you know, I guess your love for music um, or, you know, wanting to be a, music, a musician? You know, I know you started with, um, you know, the master drummer educator. And how, how old were you at that time? I was just getting out of high school. Um, pretty much. Actually, it was a little bit before high school. Um, 
Salem High graduated in 1981. And that, that year before, or maybe a couple years before, we had a jazz artist in residence, um, a pianist by the name of Harry Pickens. And he kind of, um, kind of uh, sprouted my interest back in music. Actually, I was playing sport, a lot of sports, and but I decided I wanted to get back into music. So they used to have these jazz artists in residence and used to bring um, an artist every Wednesday to perform at the school. And so Michael was one of the artists to perform and my love just came back. I mean, I had already always played drums since the sixth grade, but my love had diminished as I, you know, as you get older, you play sports. And then it just, you know, picked back up once I saw him and started talking with him and everything. And once I got out of high school, I started traveling back and forth to New York, like every couple of weeks, uh, got me a little, you know, side hustle, little landscaping job and different things like that. And, you know, paid for my train trip up and everything like that. But what was fortunate about it is that he kind of grew up like I did. So we kind of, uh, kind of had a kinship, He's like, you know, like a second father to me. And I used to just stay up there, um, you know, go up on Friday, be his last student, and then just stay up there and get a chance to um, uh, go with him on his jazz journey. And I've met a lot of fantastic jazz musicians, you know, like Walter Bishop Jr., uh, James Moody, um, Dakota State, and Betty, Betty Carter. Um, the list just goes on because of all the people that he played with. Also, Dee Dee Bridgewater's brother, Ron Bridgewater. Clint Houston. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Gotcha. And and for the people who are not familiar, can you, I guess, briefly tell us a little more about Michael Carvin and I guess who he is and what his accomplishments are? Um, it's a lot. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, Mike has been um, playing, you know, being a master drummer and educator for many years. He uh, resided in Houston where his, his father was also a, a musician and he decided to uh, make his way to New York. And Once he made his way to New York, he just started playing with everybody. I mean, uh, again, I just gave you some of the some of the names, but I, I, re I remember seeing a video. Of course, I wasn't um, old enough then, but he was in Paris with Freddie Hubbard uh, with his trio. Um, Michael has, has done his own CDs. He has uh, his, his CD just before he came to um, mentor or, you know, uh, be a, a, a consultant slash producer, uh, the whole thing for my CD, he um, uh, just finished a CD called uh, the, the Standardized Trio or the Art of the Trio. So um, uh, he educate. Matter of fact, um, he actually was um, was um, Ralph Johnson of Earth, Wind & Fire's uh, drum teacher because you know Ralph was the first drummer of Earth from the Fire right, and his right. teacher was Michael <laughs> and he also uh, teaches um, what is his name uh, Ben uh, was Stellar um, Ben Stellar uh, he he on he's got the the, the flockers I guess um, yeah, Ben Stiller Ben Stiller Ben yeah. Stiller yes he teaches him he, I mean he teaches he taught a lot of um, uh, individuals in New York, but yeah, he's like I said, straight up master, master educator. That's what he's definitely known for. Of course, his fan ability is superb, but his um, mastery is more the education. And just recently, I guess in the last couple of years, he moved from um, moved from uh, New York to California uh, to actually uh, be with his wife. Uh, her name is Rhonda Hamilton. She actually is a news personality. 
uh, for uh, a few jazz stations. And so a jazz station uh, gave her uh, an opportunity and they all, they both moved to California because they both like to play golf. Of course, you know, California is <laughs> one so you can play golf all year round. Right. <laughs> right. But that's, you know, that's pretty much it, you know, in a nutshell. Yep. Gotcha. And so then moving forward, um, how did To The Max come into formation? And, you know, what, what was your vision for To The Max prior to the, the band forming? Hmm. Let me, let me see. Well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Also, Dave Woolley studied with Mike, too. So I know you had Dave gotcha. on the show. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Dave, yeah. so Dave studied with Mike as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now going forward to that um, actually it was funny um, uh, a friend of mine um, God bless the dead he uh, passed away a few years back his name was Jesse Jesse Andrews and actually I was playing in New York and Connecticut with him for a couple years so he came to me and called me he says John I know you got a little uh, band I want to you know I want to uh, see if you wouldn't mind um talking with this guy because he has a gig that he needs a band for. And I said, okay, I'll talk to him. So I started out, uh, he introduced me to this guy named Carmen, um, Carmen Tomazetti, that's CTO Orchestras in Philadelphia. So that's actually right. how I started um, because I started doing weddings. We started doing, I mean, even before that, I was playing jazz um, jazz uh, uh, festivals and stuff with Gerald. And, but that's another story. But um, uh, to uh, make a long story short, like I said, CTO started my, my wedding career. And so um, we started doing that. And I, I guess I was with Carmen for about nine years because actually I was working at the post office at the time. And I seen the opportunity to be a musician or, you know, uh, be in the music uh, field full time. So I resigned from the post office and, you know, then it was history. So in view of working the weddings at CTO and working around Philly and New York and, and uh, Pennsylvania quite a bit. Um, uh, we were doing that for about nine years traveling uh, all over, you know, all over the tri-state, I would say, uh, at that time. And then um, I saw an opportunity where Carmen wasn't really uh, booking the band to do like club work. And I, I mentioned to him, I said, well, look, I'd like to do some club work uh, when we're not doing weddings because, you know, there were still spaces in, in the schedule that I could book to do casinos, clubs, you know, other other ventures. So um, so he said, yeah, we did. But I didn't want to start using his name because that's how Tudor Max got got formulated, because I was going to use Tudor Max, which I did and use that as the club and um, the party, the um, casino band, since he wasn't booking us. I decided to take matters in my own hands, um, you know, and that was the vision. Actually, the vision, since I had a big band, like eight to ten pieces, the vision has always been uh, Maurice White, Earth, Wind & Fire, you know, uh, Horns, uh, the whole nine. And so that's how um, uh, To The Max came to fruition. And actually, Delaware was actually the first um, the first area that we really started performing in because we had quite a few friends both Elisa and I had um, um, quite a few friends, and we actually started with a friend of ours named Sheila, Sheila Fay, and that was like our first party uh, in Delaware, and um, the rest was history. Okay. Well, 
you know, um, to the max has been like um, a staple here in this area. I mean, I know you guys play all over, but I know one thing I can definitely say when you guys have played in Delaware, no matter where you played, you always had crowds. I mean, because people always appreciate your mix of music and the different variety of songs that you guys would play that a lot of other bands were not playing that were in the area. So that that always made it unique. I know the first time I ever remember, and you probably don't remember this, but I remember meeting you um, you know, um, was that, <laughs> believe it or not, um, when I also met Leonard Young, uh, oh, with hey, his Delaware Black Award. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, John. Um, hey, hey, John. Oh, wait, he, he's a great start off, John. He's a great start off. Listen to um, me about the set. <laughs> Uh, speak, speak, speaking of the way he met me, did did he stalk you too? Did did, yeah. did, 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 Dave, did Dave happen to show up at a place that you were at after the event? Like, he just happened to meet you somewhere. Oh my God! Here we go! Here we go! I would, okay. I would, I would say it was about a week later because I think we played at Delaware Park or some somewhere. Yeah, that's we were, right. That's we were right. Playing. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. So right. a week later. Okay, yeah. stalker. Well, He's a stalker. Actually, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 well, this, is, this is what's so funny. Dave, I was you do at a lot the of Delaware talk, Black uh, Letter. Letter, just be quiet, man. I'll let you talk, man. Just be quiet. But see, but see, I only uh, look. I only connect with people, and I not stalk. Connect with people that I know I'm going to be friends with for a long time. See, that's how that works. See, that's what happens. That's what I'm sticking to. So anyway, um, so actually at that Delaware Black Awards, though, you guys were nominated for Best Band. And I was actually there with another group that was nominated for Best Band, which was um, the Full Effect Band, because I was working with them at that time. Mm-hmm. And so um, and I, um, you guys actually won the award that particular year. And mm-hmm. um, so I remember actually speaking to you that that day because you were there and 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 said congratulations to you and so forth and so forth. But I didn't get a chance to talk to you other than just saying congratulations until that week later at Delaware Park. So you are correct about that. Now Leonard mm-hmm. is another. That's a, that's a whole mm-hmm. other story because I. I I first laid Talker. eyes on Leonard that night, <laughs> and I said, "I said, wait, hold on, that little nerdy guy is who did all of this." <laughs> really, <laughs> you know. So, oh, so uh, but I, you know, and I actually met him a couple days later. We actually ended up at in the same place at the same time at a restaurant, and we actually our relationship has actually been we've been connected with each other ever since that night. So that's 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 that is interesting. Beautiful. Yeah. So, but um, you know, and he says I stalked him, but he actually stalked me. But so, but this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I've been a big fan of, of Tudor Max ever since um, um, I heard you guys for the first time, and you guys always did have a good mix of musicians and so forth. And even though you kind of brought new pieces in and out of the group over the years, you always kept your sound, and that's what always made it unique. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of the bands here in the tri-state area. Um, 
you know, of course, I worked with Best Kept Soul and a couple other groups. So, you know, and, you know, I've worked with you guys mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, so, um, yes, yes. and, and I appreciate, you know, I've always appreciated you guys, you know, um, because of the professionalism that you guys always had. I did, I know, um, Tracy, I know we had Tracy A on our show, um, not long ago, and she also mentioned working with you guys as well, uh, you know, with the wedding band and everything. And, um, you know, she always talked about, um, some professionalism that you guys had and so forth, um, in the, in, in the music business. I wanted to say now, I know you recently kind of changed your dance band, um, and you have a different mix, um, now. One thing I will say, folks, about John and and the direction that he he takes his music and his musicians is that no matter what changes are made, he always finds a niche for those particular performers. Now, I will say, you know, because I, you know, I used to be in a band at one time myself years ago, and um, and I know how hard that band life can be. How do you find the balance between home life and the band life? It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy at this point because my, my wife is, um, uh, she's into event, event planning and different things like that. So she sees, um, you know, what I do and, and everything. Actually, um, I met her. Uh, doing an event for her, um, an afternoon of jazz, a black Catholic event that I have been doing, I guess, for about mm, close to 15 years now, and uh, maybe even longer. And uh, so having having a balance with, with that is, is pretty easy because she understands what my life encompasses um, and encompasses and, and um, you know, with the music. And she's met all the musicians. She comes to, to the casinos, you know, to support me and everything, things that she can go to. So she sees exactly what, um, you know, what I what I do. So it, it sort of so it's not really bad because it's just it's being her and, and all our kids. Are, um, we, we just uh, kind of adopted a, a couple grandkids, um, and, uh, and and we're working we're working through that, you know, uh, through unforeseen circumstances. And um, so uh, it's a little different, uh, a little different, but. Still, I have to, in order for me to do my job, I have to travel. And uh, I wish it was just a, a Zoom thing, you know, like it was when we were, um, you know, in, in the pandemic. Don't want the pandemic, but, you know, we did play through Zoom and, and other platforms in order to kind of do what we what we do. You know, so the balance is, is, is pretty much there. Um, I don't have any, any issues because I've always, um, you know, always said that home is peace. And when I come home, you know, being out in this world and, and playing music and everything, I need I need that peace. I need that solid, you know, solitude. You know, I I, I need that when I when I get in because I'm dealing with with clients, I'm dealing with band members, I'm dealing with different personalities, and uh, and um, and and clients. You know, that whole thing. So um, so 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 the balance is there. She makes it very easy for me. Hey, and that's hey, my uh, wife, Lisa. Lisa. Holy. Yes, I better I better announce her. Be, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm hearing say don't do that because look, look, <laughs> next time I see her, she said, Dave, you lay him at that whole interview and not mm-hmm. say my name. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> um so John, can I ask a question? So 
And, and this is kind of a, a side question. Do you find that there are a lot of musicians who are very talented, maybe are, you know, on track for great careers and maybe like their significant others are not as understanding or, you know, they, they kind of just don't understand that musician life and that causes them to kind of like back away from their talent? Um, either that or go forward, but either way, it's, uh, it's, it's hard because I know some musicians that, you know, either they stay single or they run a single life or, um, uh, they, um, do have, were married and, and, and the music has gotten in between and other things have, yeah, it's, um, it, it depends on your situation. Um, I've, I've been through it all, you know, um, and everything like that. And I've seen it to where it has kind of split, kind of split, um, you know, families and relationships uh, because uh, it's a, especially if you're a working musician and you're talented and you're always getting called and it's your livelihood. Yep. No, most definitely because you're out on the road. You have to be away, you know, and, and everything. And that's kind of one of the reasons I kind of uh, gave up the wedding because we were traveling quite a bit. And um, but I mean, eventually, even with the jazz, we're going to be traveling, but it'll be a different circumstance. It won't be private events to where I can take my family, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And and so that's the difference. The diff that's the difference. When you're doing a lot of private events, um, you can't take your family. So you have to go it alone, you know. So and, and, and then being away and then coming home, and, you know, and other things happen or whatever the case is, you know. You know how musicians get, you know. Uh, hey, Ray Charles was the best was the best example of that, right? You know, right. I, I, I got a wife out on the road and then. I'm your wife when you get home. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't yeah. got nothing like that because I know where, uh, I know where uh, my bed is going. So I, uh, I, look, uh, I'm, I'm waiting on that. I'm up. waiting on that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. My wife already knows. She knows I'm, and, and I'm a kind of a homebody because as soon as I'm done with a gig, I'm home. Uh, because, okay. again, it, it's a, especially if it's a wedding because it's all it was all day. So, like, I would leave right. 10. 10 o'clock, and, and especially if we had to travel, whatever, I'm going, you know, a couple of nights or weekend, and then I try to make it in the church, you know, sometimes depending on where, if I'm like four or five hours out, I can usually make it to church with like one hour sleep. And um, so that, you know, but she knows I'm a homebody. I like to be home, peace, because when you're out here, it is a hustle and bustle. <laughs> Let me let me ask uh, let me ask this question because you actually touched on something I was about to ask you, and I'm gonna go back to it. The pandemic. It was a very hard time for performers. Um, I don't I don't care what type of you can be an actor, you can be a singer, you can be mm -hmm. any type of performer. It was a very hard time because all of a sudden they found themselves not being able to go out and 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 do their livelihood, which was whatever made them famous or whatever got them money, you know? So mm -hmm. people had to get creative on being able to try to make money during that time, especially uh, somebody who's always busy, like, like I know you're, like you guys were always busy and, you know, and like the top notch performers and actors and so forth were always busy. So they had to come up with creative ways of being able to do that. Um, you know, when um, DJ D Nice came out with this and, and did the whole, um, you know, the, the party at home thing, you know, and 
and he was, you know, he turned it into a big dance party that really helped to get people's um, juices flowing as far as how many, uh, how you could make money and everything. How did it affect you? Um, and and did it did it stop you from earning any any? I mean, did it stop you as far as your earnings were concerned? Or did it help you to become more creative in thinking of ways to make money during that particular time? Well, actually, before the pandemic, actually, it was funny because um, I had we had I had just come uh, back from North Carolina in January. Uh, my niece's uh, my niece uh, she had passed, and uh, we had a memorial for us. I just came back down, so it was like a week later. I started uh, feeling a little irregular, and um, and everything. So my wife said, well, look, because um, I know I had all these gigs uh, lined up beforehand. And my wife said, well, look, you uh, wrap up all your gigs or whatever, write your checks out, do whatever you got to do, get a sub or whatever for your, your gigs. And I'm taking you to um, the hospital. So actually, she took me to the emergency room and, and I found out that I had colon cancer. So um, so actually, that it didn't really affect me as much because I was laid up from February, had emergency surgery. Um, um, uh, actually, uh, the day before my dad's birthday, February 1st, and I was in the hospital for seven days. And um, when I came back, I didn't go back to work or at least with the church because we had Zoom and um, you know, Facebook and different things like that. So it didn't really hurt me there, but it hurt me in other other areas um, and everything. And plus, um, they were also giving, you know, uh, giving things to musicians, um, especially for the gig economy. The government was given, you know, those stipends and everything. You had to, you know, do that. But I mean, it hurt because of the fact, of course, we could make money, but at least we had, um, you know, we had something coming in. And plus, I have a wife that, um, you know, she was still working through the pandemic because she was working at home and, her, you know, her checks never stopped. So for me, it didn't really affect me as much. Um, but I know other musicians, especially if they were um, single and they had to do. Yeah, it probably did uh, definitely to a degree, especially if they didn't get the government assistance that was um, being handed out for gig workers. Yeah. All right. Okay, so you you were fortunate you were able to get that. Okay, so that's great um, that you were able to get that because I know a lot of people, you know, they got hit hard during that time. And, you know, um, they were not performing and they wasn't making any money and, and they were trying yeah. to come up with creative ways. You know, Zoom became everybody's friend during that particular time. So people were going on Zoom and trying to get things going on Zoom. But you had to be very creative in order to get people to tune in and to be yep. able to make money from it, you know. Yep. Um, and, of course, people were asking for donations and so forth through, you know, Cash App and Zelle and those type of things. But, you know, it all depended on who you were as to whether or not it was going to work out for you. Um, so the pandemic really kind of taught us a lot about um, what can happen. Um if the world should stop, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, fortunate enough, you were able to get, get through that. You got through that. And then you basically, um, I know you had, um, 
I know Vanessa, uh, I know she retired from the dance band. Mm-hmm. So you got you had to come up and create a new version of To The Max. How did that work out? And uh, what made what 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 kind of thinking went into changing that that group that we had already known? You know, because we always had you you always had the same front person out there. You know, and she was magnificent. So now you gotta you gotta reinvent yourself. What went into that thinking? Um, well, actually, you know, by playing with others, um, you see what you can, you see the potential. And I have been fortunate enough to, you know, to play with a lot of different musicians and see the other musicians and find out their schedules. And as they came, now, Vanessa, actually, she's still part time with the dance band when we do parties and different things, because I'll ask if she okay. wants to perform. As far as okay. weddings, we don't really do too many weddings because I actually kind of slow down. Now, if we get one or two. That's cool. We can we'll handle that, but it's not on a full time basis. So that's where Vanessa and myself we talked. You know, we had a conversation and um, we talked about that uh, about about that because we have been going strong for about twenty years. Um, you know, uh, you know, 70, 80, 85, 90 weddings a year, and um, you know, wait, so and wait, hold on. I mean, Did you say, wait, say that again. <laughs> Anywhere between <laughs> 70, 80, 90 weddings a year. Yeah. Damn. Um, wow. I mean, we, okay. and then, then we had the casinos and then we had parties and, and then we had maybe little jazz things and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I tried, one of the things I've always tried to do was to be very flexible and because music is a universal language. So I want to be able to do, do that and, and be able to play all styles and, and everything. And that's how, that's how that came about. But as far as with the people, um, I, I had to, you know, really assess who I can get to, to see the uh, blend. And not only that, they have to be good people. It's not even all about the talent. It's about their heart and about, you know, the humbleness. Because I don't want, just because a musician is, is fantastic or whatever the case is, and they, or they think they're fantastic, they can disrupt the aura that the band has because that's one of the things that, um, that that I I have to you know because if it's not right, you got to go. If, if if the world and everything's not right, I don't care how good you are, you know. Um, because I I know I know the temperature of the band, and I know depending on whatever musician I get, I'll you know. And and I have discussions with you know with my band as far as you know musicians will have um some um you know some uh what they say tryouts or some auditions. You know that kind of thing, but their their heart has to be there, um, and 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 be humble, you know that kind of thing. And then that's where we can start, and then that's when we can create the music that Tudor Max can create. Because I, I watched a lot of bands and I listened to them and and everything like that. But the bottom line is that you know you want to give you want to give the people what they want. It's not necessarily what you like, because a lot of bands play what they like, not what what what's required, and it's a difference. And and they a lot of times they don't understand that or they don't look at their they don't look at their audience and and right. that's very important you know just like um, I know you mentioned uh, about weddings um, and everything I know I'm taking kind of off the subject but um, the weddings um, uh, that's very important because if if something's not working I have no problem cutting it off and going to something else you know that's okay. that's important some bands keep playing. I'm not going to. 
I'm going to stop there, you know, or I may put on a slow song, or I may go into a line dance, get them back on the floor, and then proceed. You know, right. it, a lot of different, a lot of different tricks you 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 start learning as you as you get into the into that business. But but yeah, that's basically the bottom line. The heart has to be there, and they have to be good people. And if they're not, then and I see it. No matter how good they are, I can't have them on my stage. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Len, you have anything else? Um, well, you know, the, the one thing that made me think of when you were talking just now is um, I remember when we had Tracy A on, we were asking her about um, times when, she, you know, she was excited to perform with somebody that she kind of idolized or had seen or heard. And then when she actually performed with them, she realized that they were not the type of character or the type of person that, you know, she kind of would like to be around. Um you know, I, I guess, you know, have, have you had experiences like that? You know, like, you know, maybe super talented people and let's say you admire them from afar and then you get a chance to work with them and you're like, you know what? You know, just that your morals aren't matching or your work ethic isn't matching. Are, are, are it, Is there one story you can tell without naming names that... I really don't have any because um, a lot of the ones, if I, if I was playing with those that, you know, it might I might have been coming into a situation where I subbed and played with them once and I didn't really have to deal with them too much or it was on a sub thing. Now, if it's in my band um, and, and they got that way later, then that's when I decided to, you know, um, make the move like uh, and, and just just let them go. You know, um, and, and if they don't kind of agree with the way I do do business or whatever the case is, then I have to let them go in, in that regard. Because, I, I, you know, I, one of the things I always want to be is very professional with all my band members. Some things they may not agree with what I do, but there's always a reason behind some of the things or a lot of the things that I do. Um, like, for instance, I, uh, I know when we were with um a cto we had to do these free showcases well one of the reasons why i wanted to go to the casinos is because we get paid and i can uh, bring the same clients down to there and they can see us in a in a performance setting instead of a showcase that we're not getting paid for. and um you know some of the band might have grumbled or whatever but they were still getting paid um because casinos is different um because you have to wait until the end of the month when they pay all their bills, you know, before bands get paid, they don't get paid right away. And that's some of the things that, you know, a lot of the musicians get, you know, get upset about. And I, I mean, I completely understand it because everybody's used to getting paid that day. But I try to u- utilize things like that in order to kind of comfort or ease the pain of having to do something for free, not, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's some things they, they might not agree with it in that way. But, of course, there's some business decisions that I have to make um, because I, I also read my clients. Venice and myself, we read our clients and we know exactly what needs to be done or whatever the case is. And if you're not in agreement with that, then I can't have you in the, in the band either, you know, because you're not running. It's, you know, a couple of the band members, you know, always kind of say, well, you know, I, I don't want to be a band leader, man. I, I you know. I know what you go through or whatever the case is. Well, I never really had a lot of trouble, you know, as far as that, you know, because if, 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 if not, if you didn't agree, that's cool, not a problem. But if it, if it became a problem, 
then it's not cool. And then, you know, then we, we have to, that heart and that humbleness and a good person thing has to goes right out the door, you know? So, um, but no, I really don't have um, uh, any um, musician, maybe uh, expectations, um, thinking that the musicians was, was, was um, better than I thought they were when I got on the bandstand. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a possibility. I played with some cats that, you know, um, have went to Berkeley and different things like that, and they play like a box. You know, they play in a box um, because they either they got to read the music, and a lot of times reading the music makes you play in a box because you don't have the same feel because you have to right. read it and you don't have the emotion of the song, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, and, and that way, but no, not really, um, not really, you know, that circumstance as far as the expectation, you know, uh, of, of a good person, they're bad, you know, in that regard. Um, um, well, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I, I guess I have. <laughs> Tell it. Yeah, after thinking about it. <laughs> I guess I have. I had to think oh about it real, real good and everything, but but you know the thing about it, uh, uh, you know that one person very talented, but you know it's it's like you know the talent didn't precede the professionalism. Sure. So you know so when the talent doesn't precede the professionalism, uh, again it doesn't really make a difference. I, you know you have to have to let it go because that's against what you do, and especially when you're playing these weddings and and weddings for us were ninety nine percent you know, Caucasian, white, whatever you want to say, there's a certain certain thing, you decorum that you need to, to have. I'm not saying <laughs> you're going to kiss their butt, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. You just want to be professional. Yeah. You want to do a good job yeah. because it, my saying has always been um, the wedding that we're on is done. As soon as we get there, it's done. We're planning for the next weddings or events that we're, you know, right. so if they see us doing something dumb, we may not get another job. You know, I'm looking to get at least one or two jobs out of three, four, five hundred people that's at a wedding. It's got to be one or two. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that. That's I was waiting on you to say that um, that part right there, because that's what it's all about is being able to book gigs while you're doing gigs, you know, and 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 that's important because, you know, I know as a, a you know, manager and, and working with different groups and so forth, you know, I remember I, I'd asked the band, and i never forget, um, there was a band I was working with, and I asked them, I, I said, look, there's an opportunity to do this particular gig, but they're asking us to do it, you know, for free. And of course, you know, they wasn't trying to hear that, you know, and they said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And I said, look, I guarantee you, you do this event and, 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 um, you do a great job. I guarantee you, we're going to get at least 10 bookings in the next couple of days from this event. And I said, that's money. I said more money than you would make from this particular event if you got paid tonight, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, it took a couple of days, but I finally got them to do it. Mm -hmm. Not only mm -hmm. did we get to 10 bookings, we got 20 bookings in three That's days. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Right. And none of them were less than and all nothing less than $1,500. Everything was 15 and above. So, um, so. 
I, and, you know, they said, well, I guess you were right on this one. I said, yeah. I said, because you had, and John, you just said it, you had to read the room. You had to pay attention to who you were playing for and what you were doing. And as long as those people are having a good time and you were doing what you were brought there to do, the 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 potential was great and and the earn and believe me you know they had to turn down some of those gigs because it was just too many you know mm-hmm. because they were trying to a lot of the gigs were the same day you know mm-hmm. so you know yeah. but but they made they made some good money and um you know so they understood you know so that's important when you're able to read the room and knowing what's going on and knowing your business and one thing about professionalism you one thing I will say. You have always shown professionalism at every event I've ever seen you at, and that's one thing I've always appreciated about you. And and not only are you in that in that zone, the whole group is during that particular time, whether they want to be or not. They they they're showing professionalism at all times, and that's important. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and that's, that's what I've always appreciated about you. So I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Well, we're going to give you a chance here to kind of shout out anything that you got coming up. You can shout out your social media pages. Um, any so, what if you want to shout out a couple of uh, big events you got going on? You can go ahead and do that at this time. Sure. Uh, I happening. definitely want to shout out my band, uh, Vanessa. Okay. Uh, my my Bread and butter. Uh, she's my right hand person. <laughs> That's Vanessa, my buddy. Vanessa That's my Handy. buddy. <laughs> oh, it, it's no doubt. Vanessa Handy, yeah. Andre Webster. Uh, both of those have been with me through the forever, yeah. through, forever since the band, yeah. the, the you know inception uh, of yeah. it. And definitely, you know, definitely the support of my wife is no no doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and that kind of thing. Um, and well, and well, actually, the the band. Um, I'll just shout out some names like uh, Mike Clay, um, Jeremy Pope. Um, uh, we got uh, Aaron King. I got Jocelyn Massey. Um, I have uh, Harvey Perry. Um, I have uh, Mike Jamison. Uh, Mike Jamison right. has always been a fan of the band. And uh, since he was such a fan of the band, I put him in the band. One of the best out there. One of the best oh, out there. Yeah. It, it, it is no doubt about it. He's very humble. Mm-hmm. You're talking about humble and professionalism. He is that uh, all the way. And yeah. um, so um, I definitely want to shout out to 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 them for sure. Um, as far as gigs coming up, we have a, a concert. I've been uh, working with um, I've been working with uh, Warren Ori of Arpeggio Jazz Ensemble since I've been doing some some uh, some jazz things and uh, at the Woodmere Art Museum and we have the opportunity uh, again to take a, a place take his place um, we we took his place um, a few months back uh, my myself uh, I have a bass player by the name of Barry Barry Boyd and also Dennis Fortune uh, on piano, uh, my trio. Um, we we also we did a um, and a Robert Lambdom sax player. We did a um, uh, we did a um, a tribute to Charlie Mingus at the Woodmere um, at the Woodmere Art Museum. This is in Philly, I guess Germantown Avenue. And so um, so we're going to be back there again, and we're doing a tribute to Aretha Franklin um, okay. uh, this coming Saturday, starting at six o'clock. So if there's anybody that wants to come out, um, the Woodmere Art Museum in Philadelphia, Google it. Um, 
Showtime starts at six. It will probably be an outside show if it's nice. So bring your uh, long chairs and blankets or, you know, what have you. If it does rain, uh, we'll go inside uh, to the Woodmere. But that's uh, definitely one of the uh, events that we'll be doing. Also, um, of course, I have other events that's happening, but I'll shout out to Dover Downs. Um, we'll, we'll be back there because they opened up Fire and Ice um, June the 24th. So we'll be back there and we're 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 kind of uh they're definitely one of our favorites and I guess we're one of their favorite bands to be there because we've been doing their New Year's Eve event for the last five years maybe and even during the pandemic we did that but now the Fire and Ice has been re uh, redone so we're we're going to be um we're definitely going to be back there on June the twenty fourth um and then there's you know quite a few jazz uh jazz things I don't have my schedule right in front of me. Um, but I usually put that on my Facebook, um, just my personal Facebook, uh, John G. Coley. So if there's anybody out there, hit me up on John G. Coley uh, on Facebook and, and um, you'll see a schedule there of where I'll be, whether I'm a side man or having my jazz trio or uh, to the max as the big band, um, that kind of thing. So and then also um, uh, on uh, Instagram, I put some things on there which is uh, Mr. Sim Symbolic One, and that's with a, a C, um, like Mr. C-Y instead of S-Y. So Mr. Symbolic One, you can uh, reach me there and everything. So, cause I kind of, uh, we kind of, uh, kind of backtracked on the wedding, on the weddings. But if you guys want to the Max uh, Jazz Project or the John G. Coley Trio, or there's a lot, uh, it's all under Ease Your Mind Entertainment. And um, so we're, you know, happy to happy to do that. But I definitely wanted to shout out and also shout out again, uh, Barry Boyd and uh, Dennis Fortune. Also, Monty Pollard, because Monty's been been hanging in there with me doing uh, some yeah. jazz things yeah. as well. Um, yeah. and, uh, oh, my God, Monty. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. so that's 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 pretty much uh, pretty much it. Um, if I think of anything else. um you know, uh, maybe I can just uh, put it on some social media thing. You busy, man. <laughs> That's all hey. I have to say. You busy, so, yeah. All right, well, there you have it, guys. That's John Coley to the max. Um, Ease Your Mind Entertainment. Um, drummer extraordinary. Our quest love in this area, you know, like I was telling her, like, I was kidding him about that earlier. That's our quest love in this area, people. So, <laughs> He all over the place, you know, he all over the place. So but we're gonna have John uh, hang in hang in with us for a little bit. We're gonna go through a couple of our topics real quick. And um John, you still good on time? Yeah, um uh probably in the next uh probably in the next uh fifteen minutes I'll be um having to, you know, right. um, make my next thing. But okay. I also wanna do uh one more shout out to Bethel AME. Uh definitely my church that I play every Sunday, uh starting at quarter <laughs> Starting that quarter to nine. <laughs> if y'all want to see us on YouTube or Channel Twenty Eight, come on and join join the service because it's it's yeah. a great time with the Doctor uh, Stanley Hurst, uh, the second. He's our pastor now, which um, Pastor Beeman has become Bishop. So right. um, he, right. he is now Bishop Beeman um, uh, and traveling back and forth to Africa and everything. But Doctor Stanley Hurst is now our pastor of Bethel. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you can't forget the church folk, man. They'll they'll let you know about it. You know, oh, right? And, and they actually yeah. support. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they'll yes, let you indeed. know. So. 
All right. Well, what we're going to do, since we got you for a couple more minutes, uh, uh, we're going to go into our topics. And and this first one, especially, uh, uh, we wanted to get your input on. And then, um, at, you know, if you have to jump off this, you know, just let us know that you have to jump off. But that's not a problem. All right. So um, what I wanted to bring up was the Clifford Brown Jazz Festival. Of course, that's coming up in um, a few weeks Um to um, the week of the 23rd, um, 21st um, at downtown. And of course, you know, that's always a big thing here in Delaware. Uh, the biggest free festival on the East Coast, uh, they say, in the country. But I, I, I find that a little hard to believe now because there's festivals everywhere these days now. Sure is. Um, yeah, they're everywhere. Um, and I was wondering, did you get a chance to look at the lineup for this year? I did. I, I didn't really recognize too many of the musicians. <laughs> okay. To be honest so with that's you, what this, that's what this subject was all about. You just did what I wanted to hear you say. So yeah, I uh, know I I had gotten the lineup like pretty early. Matter of fact, uh, Tim um, Tim Dog had sent it to me because he's connected with the city with a lot of mm-hmm, events mm-hmm. that he is. At. And I remember he sent it to me. He said, "Dave, take a look at this lineup for." The jazz festival. Now, this is mm-hmm. before they announced who the headliners were going to be. Okay, so they had already put out who they were going to be. So I'm going through the lineup, and I'm, uh, you know, matter of fact, I got it right here. Matter of fact, so I know the, you know, uh, I was looking at like Wednesday, Angelique um, Kidjo. I didn't know who that was. Uh, do you know her? Uh, no, not okay. at all. Okay, Monty. Alexander's Harlem Kingston Express. You I've heard, heard of Monty him? Alexander. Yes, okay. I've heard of him. Okay. Okay. Marcus Hill Quartet. I've heard of them. But, you know, um, still, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, yes. Yeah. Of course. It's not something Boise, that jumps out there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Boise Lowry, um, Living Jazz Ensemble. Of course, we know about Boise Lowry in this area. Yes. yes. Um, Corey Wong. You ever heard of Corey Wong? No. And and actually, <laughs> what I was going to do is um, look him up on YouTube and just see <laughs> their talent. Because if I don't know somebody, that's where I go. And I would think somebody would do that to me as well. Yeah, um, yeah you got to find you know, out who yeah, they are. Got to yeah, find out yeah. who they are, you know. So, you know, so basically you're not, I mean, wasting your time, actually. Yeah, you know? yeah that's right. Uh, the next person was Day uh, Ramirez Gonzalez. Uh, Dave Ramirez, no. Uh, yeah, never heard of him. The Loud Tizer Band. Mm, never heard no. of them. I haven't. Because I listen to RTI like every day, and um, yeah. and and especially now we don't have a smooth jazz station. If they're smooth jazz, yeah, I true. definitely won't yeah. won't know them. You know. Okay, so that was like that was like the people that was performing, and that was like the when it first came out. This who it had on. Now, what was missing? Also, that I noticed. Now, this is during the week. There was no area acts, you know, that they mentioned. Now, this has always been my problem with the jazz festival. I love the jazz festival. Matter of fact, do you listen? If you listen to Dave Woolley's um, interview, Dave Woolley, we talk about the jazz festival. And with the interview we did with uh, Jay Dave Woolley, and mm-hmm. we kind of we kind of put put it out there 
once and for all who started this jazz festival, right, Leonard? We talked about that, remember? Yep, we did. Uh, yeah, because there's been a lot of speculation as how the jazz festival actually got started and whose idea it was. Well, it was Dave Woolley's idea. Yeah, so, that's yeah I know. <laughs> you know, and he tells the whole story in the uh, in the interview. Um, but what I've always wondered about is how come we never see enough of our local talent. We have so many musicians here in the tri-state area, and especially in Delaware, that you know mm-hmm. that should be performing on a regular basis throughout the week mm-hmm. at this jazz festival, and they never seem to take advantage of it. Which well, you know, well, um, they used to because Gerald um, and myself, we we opened up for I can't remember. We opened up for, but for when it first started, they used to have a, um, they used to have local musicians open up for the main act. And yeah, I remember ago. I did this years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, now, Gerald was one of Gerald Chavis. You're talking about Gerald Chavis, right? Gerald Chavis, yeah. And, yeah, um, now he's involved. I think he's involved in the closing. I, I know he's performing, I think, Saturday or Sunday with a, with a, a group. So, but go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, he also um, was running a jam session. I have been doing a jam session um, for the uh, Clifford Brown Jazz Festival for the last few years. He's uh, right. asked me to come right. either to play or put something together, um, either or. And I think he asked me this year, too. I'm not sure if it's going to be um, uh, the, one, the 23rd or the 24th. If it's the 24th, of course, I'm at Dover, but it's the 23rd, I'll be there. But I think again, it's the 24th. If I'm not okay, well, if it's the 24th, yeah. then he knows that I, because uh, he asked me to um, help out, and um, I, I wasn't, I know I wouldn't have been available, but um, I know I played with Harry Spencer, um, right. uh, and Larry Young, thank we all, I mean, there was so many musicians playing, we've opened up for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the musicians um, uh, when it first started, and, and even um, back in 2012, I had the opportunity to open up um, uh, the two the max had an opportunity to open up for um, Whalem Braun uh, guitar player Norman Brown. Right. And, uh, I think I was there uh, that night. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We we opened up for them, and and for, from what I can see, maybe two years later, I would see a few, but not on a consistent basis like it was uh, back in the day, because it used to be a group every night, not just pick and choose. You know, mm-hmm. that that kind of thing. And and there's been musicians that I've talked to and have worked with that they're really disgusted with the whole thing. They, they won't ever come support it or anything like that because they remember because of that, you know, back because when. Of that, when right? yeah. mm-hmm. ha, ha. Because of again. that, because of this, they're not letting the local people play, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. no. I mean, even even they could even uh, open up some venues to where they could um, maybe do an after thing or a before thing or whatever the case is and give them an opportunity to to perform because there's a lot of talented musicians that live right in the Wilmington area. I mean, Faustina's right. one. You know, I just played with right. her Saturday um, at the Stardust. Um, and, um, you know, that kind of thing last Saturday at the, at the Stardust in, in Belmar. And, right. I mean, we basically, you, you definitely need more venues um, to be. It's not like it was back in the day. Because I know when I first came to Wilmington, I think I played, I had a gig every night of the week for two years um, somewhere because it was a lot of places to play. And um, it was funny because that 
I mean, I might have missed 10 days out of that year, but I think I had a gig almost every day for two years because there was so many and it wasn't just jazz, but um, there was just so many venues to, to play and so many musicians out there that wanted to play. They created stuff. So, you know, it's different now. It's a different time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I know when I saw that liner come out, I was like, "What in the world? And why are they doing this?" You know. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, and then they had, to, then they're always trying to be so secretive about who their headliner is going to be because at that time they hadn't announced that Kim was going to be the headliner, and then they added um, Melanie Fiona um, on Saturday, and I was like, "Okay, so yeah, they needed to make sure they had somebody big here because if they didn't." And this is the second time that these two have performed there, too. You know that, right? Right. Well, you know what happens is, is that sometimes it, when they start booking, they wait too late. I always said that you, as soon as you've done um, with the jazz festival, you need to start booking the jazz festival the next day or the next week. Mm -hmm. You can't wait. Right. You can't wait until January, February, March to try to book these artists. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just thinking that's I'm just kind of thinking out loud. And, and, you know, somebody can correct me on that. But from what I understood is that they wait and a lot of the good artists are already booked at other festivals or they're somewhere else that's paying them more money or, right. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, money has a lot to do with it, um, yeah. you know, and also timing has a lot to do with it. You, you, you may have to book these musicians a couple years out or, or a year out. So you might have to plan your book, you know, uh, a couple years or whatever. And sometimes you, you have to get what you can get. And those and, and those artists, yeah, they're out there, but they're not well known, you know. Just like if, yeah. if, of course, if they, you know, if they chose local music, well, yeah, locally people know who we are, whatever the case is. But if you go somewhere else, until you really get your name out there, you, you know, I would be just like them, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, I I just wanted to get your input on that because I know you know with the. You know, it's a big thing, you know, uh, I mean, people, it is always well attended and, and, you know, but I just know, you know, since I got my ear to the streets, as far as the music streets are concerned, you know, you just hear a lot of people and a lot of people say the same thing, you know, you know, we got all these talented musicians here, you know, how come we can't see them on the stage? I mean, I know you guys, they'll let you do the jam sessions and stuff like that and, you know, the block party, you know, I know you guys did the block party for a number of times and, uh, you know, that type of thing. But why not let you be on the main stage, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. during the week, you know? And yeah, it's been, it's been over, been over, you know, it's been over 11 years since I know we've, we've been, we've been on there uh, and, um, uh, and everything like that. And I haven't really seen, I mean, I think Naja Nicole was, she did her thing uh, on the main stage. Um, mm -hmm. uh and I can't think of any, any anybody else that have uh, actually did it during during the peak time, you no, know, during the no. peak time. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, we That's we true. got a chance to do it during the peak time. We started like at six, and then right. we played. We had an hour, and then we played. Then the main act came and on. Then, like then the main act came on, right? Yeah. So you basically yeah. were the opener for the main act. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Dave, Dave, you know what we got to do. We we got to gather all these great local talent. We bring them down to GNR Campground and have our own little festival down here, and you know, for, forget the city of Wilmington. But that's yeah, but that's something that we definitely could do, um, and definitely make it happen. We got a lot of talent 
that we would love to get down there um, to the GNR campground. Um, the place is big, a lot to do down there, and we can make it one big old look. We can make it one big old fish fry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would that would yeah. be excellent. You know, because yeah. that'll show them that you know you, they're not the only fish in, in the you know in in the, in the world or in the area. You know that kind yeah. of thing. Well, because yep. I know, like, you guys had the festival. I mean, you, you're doing a festival down there this weekend, right, Leonard? Yeah, um, there, there's a festival down here this weekend, yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, they're, 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 they're expecting 1,800 people. There wow. You go. Yeah. So, yep. So, yeah, we could definitely we could definitely work on doing something like that and, and getting people to come down. And uh, matter of fact, yeah. I could see sometime in September or somewhere around there, September, October, somewhere around there, doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you wanna you wanna kind of miss the um, both jazz festivals in October. Yeah. There's a True Blue Jazz Festival, uh, and then there's um, the Rehoboth Jazz Festival. Um, oh yeah, and, that's right. Um, that's the big in October. There, yeah. And actually, we'll so, be down there to do the True Blue on September seventh um, at. Uh, oh. uh, uh, Bellevue, I'm um, not Bellevue, um, Nassau Valley Vineyards. Um, we'll be down there. I think it starts, I think we'll start at seven, but it'll be at, yeah, Nassau Valley Vineyards in, in Lewis, Delaware. And they're actually the, the creators of the True Blue Jazz Festival. So I have my quintet down there. Uh, Barry, um, Dennis, Vanessa, Mike Clay, and myself. So, yep. Remember that, y'all, September 7th. <laughs> okay. I told you everywhere, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> but anyway, well, I know you got to get ready to go, sir, so we're not going to keep you too much longer. So we're going to say thank you for taking the time to hang out with me and Len. Um, you know, it's truly an honor. I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you for being um, also a great friend as well. And I appreciate that as well to the both of us. So um, thank you for your time today. Thank you for hitting us up. Um, and, we're, you know, if you want to shout out one more time your social media pages so people can check out all your events and whatever, because that might be the best thing to do, because you got a hundred of them on there. So go ahead. <laughs> well, so first of all, I thank you guys. Thank you, gentlemen, for, for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. It's a, always a pe- pleasure and a humbling experience to know someone is, you know, paying attention to, you know, what you do and everything like that. And, and also see the effort that you put into you know, um, trying to be not just a, a, an artist, but just to be a professional business person. Because, you know, because being an artist is easy and you like to, like to, you know, uh, do it. Sometimes you, 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 when you have to handle the business, you can't be an artist. It's hard because you got to be thinking one way and, and, you know, and it's just a little difficult at times, but, you know, just being an artist. But again, I thank you guys for just, uh, giving me the platform to be able to, uh, you know, uh, let everybody know what we're doing and who we are and, and everything. But again, um, uh, next Saturday, Woodmere Art Museum, um, uh, uh, that's June 10th. We start at six. It's only hour, hour and 15 minutes show. We're doing a tribute to Aretha, uh, featuring Vanessa. Uh, actually, that's where I'm going to rehearsal now. And also my social media pages, just go to my page, John G. Coley, uh, on Facebook. And um, and also, I do have a to the max um, band uh, page. You could go to that at times. I do try to transfer some things over uh, to that to the max uh, band. And also, Mr. Symbolic One on Instagram. 
So again, fellas, thank you all so much. Thank you very much for all right, thank um, you. you know putting me on this, uh, on this platform. All right. Well, thank all right, you, thank you, you sir. So tell Vanessa I said what's up, and we'll um, we'll talk with you later, sir. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. I sure right. will. Peace, y'all. All right. Take care. All right. Later. All right. All right. Well, there there we have it. Our um, interview with Mr. John Coley of To The Max. And, um, you know, now we're going to continue with the show. We got a couple topics that we just wanted to shout out with you um, on. And let's see, what was the first one? Yep. So, um, of course, we talked about Clifford Jan- Brad Clifford Brand. They, I, <laughs> my, my mouth is like a mutter mouth right now. <laughs> But our our next story, we're going to talk about the new black host for Meet the Press and why she looks familiar. So, Dave, I'm I'm not sure if you ever watched Meet the Press. I think it comes on Sunday morning. Well, you're probably at church. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, Meet the Press has been coming on forever, man. So, um, Meet the Press is getting a makeover, and this makeover is going to have a little bit of melanin in it. Um, the new host is NBC, uh, former NBC reporter Kristen Welker. She's taking over for Chuck Todd as the new host to meet the press. She will be the first black person ever to host a show full time, um, you know, marking this a watershed moment for the hard hitting political news program. Um, just in case you're not familiar with Welker, um, she was or is currently NBC's chief White House correspondent, and people may also uh, remember her from her 2020 presidential debate where she moderated between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And Dave, I, I don't know if you remember that, but she did. Yeah, a I remember. Fun- yeah she I did remember. a phenomenal job. So I um, it, was also, it was also some funny moments during that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they. You know, anytime with Donald Trump, there's always going to be some. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, if nothing else, he is an entertainer. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. So the, yeah. the article also said that she isn't new to Meet the Press. Um, she did regularly host it in Ty's absence from the show, um, their online version, which is Meet the Press Now. And she will be taking over in September. Um, she's not only the first black person to host the show, but also the second woman ever to host Meet the Press as a permanent host. So, and kind of like Dave, you talked about the show being long time running. It has been running since the 1940s, and they say it is the longest running TV show. Um, former yep. former hosts include David Gregory, Tim Russert, Garrett Utley, Martha Roundtree, and Lawrence Spivak. So... Um, you know, this, this is a great moment, and uh, ho- hopefully, Dave, we can mark it on our calendars and maybe watch that first episode and, you know, kind of, you know, cheer her on from afar. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let let's say kudos and and yes, we I definitely will have to tune in. Uh, it was getting a little stale there, so I'm glad to see that we got some new flavor. <laughs>
your, your boy Tyler James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did you did you hear about this? By the way, you know, Dave. Unfortunately, I've not been on social media the last month and a half, but I did yeah. see a brief clip, and I was yeah. just kind of shocked that it, that that conversation even came up. Yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting, but that just tells you about how easy it is to be point, the single be singled out. Right. How easy it is to be canceled um, because you were singled out, or how easy it is to have conjecture um, brought your way, and people form their opinion based on not you know not even knowing if it's true or not. So here we go. Uh, Tyler James Williams, our favorite teacher on Abbott Elementary, and of course everybody hates hates Chris. Um, um, he had to shut down fans who feel, felt they needed to speculate on his sexuality. Now, you know, when people, you know, and this all started because people said, you know, they were just checking out how he moves and, you know, they started speculating that he might be gay. So listen to this. It says on Sunday, June the 4th, Abbott Elementary actor um, Tyler James Williams spoke out against people speculating about his sexual identity, pointing out the harm it causes for those who might actually be questioning how they identify. Usually I wouldn't address stuff like this, but I feel like it's a conversation, that this conversation is bigger than me. The 30-year-old began. He's 30 years old now? Wow. Okay. Uh, He says, I'm not gay. But I think the culture of trying to find some kind of hidden trait or behavior that a closed person lets slip is very dangerous. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a very big statement right there. He continued, overanalyzing someone's behavior and attempt to catch them directly contributes to the anxiety a lot of queer and queer questioning people feel when they fear living in their truth. It makes the most pedestrian of conversations and interactions in spaces feel less safe for our gay brothers and sisters and those who may be questioning. It's also it also reinforces an arch, um, archetype um, many straight men have to live under that is oftentimes unrealistic, less free, and limits individuals expressing the actor um, the actor um, at it. So, and I I agree with that last part right there. He, you know, if you're a straight male, and especially if you're under the microscope of Hollywood and being an actor or a performer or whatever the case may be, you can't allow yourself to be limp. You know what I mean? And loose. And, 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 really, Dave? Anyway, yeah, yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't mean limp in that aspect, but, you know, I'm just saying where they're not having to be themselves all the time in front of a camera, you know. So if you act other than what people are used to seeing you act, then you can get labeled a certain way. Um, he has a brother that just came out. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Um, yeah, he has a brother that just came out recently uh, that's gay, but he says he's not gay himself. And just because people kind of 
I think this all started because somebody saw a picture or a video of him and they they were like he they thought his movement was suspect. Mm-hmm. You imagine that though? You know, you get caught off you know, you you you're not your usual self and you're just kind of being loose. Right. And somebody just says, Oh, look at that <laughs> you know. Or you say something in support of something. It's like, you know how many people chat, uh, will comment on you saying your your clicker, your your clicker activity more than your words. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you're on Instagram or if you're on Twitter and somebody like say RuPaul says something on Twitter, right? And it might be something that's really pretty cool or whatever. But you as a star, click on click on it and say yes or agree with it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going? Yeah. That whole that that that's what I mean by clicker activity. You okay. know, you know, or if you um a, a porter um um what's his first name um porter you know the the gay actor um Billy Billy Porter. If you click on something he says, you know, right. then you might, you might, you know, have the same thing. So these type of things, now you got to think to yourself, oh man, I really like what they say, but do I dare click on, you know, uh, you know, say like or something like that on uh, here? You know, so this is the type of world that we're in. And, you know, and so with that last thing that he said that, you know, it will cause people to live less free and, and limit their individual expression. It really does because now you're always thinking about what people think about you. What do you think? Yeah, now I mean, I, I definitely agree. You know, I always think, and you know, things change so much over time. So, like, Dave, I'm I'm going to mention a couple things to you, and 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 you can you, you can you can tell me if you think they might have been uh, suspect back in the day, but now they're they're normal activity. Okay. All right. Uh, the first one, Leonard. Men wearing pink. <laughs> Men wearing pink. I've always worn pink, so no. Okay. Men wearing tight jeans. That was something <laughs> yeah. Men wearing man purses. Suspect. Okay. Um men with lisp. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that was suspect back in the day. Now, of course, nowadays they do it just to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be- because that's the way a lot of the gay community talks. Right. So you know, I just say, and, and Dave, I agree with what, what you said about um, you know Tyler Jane William comment. It's hard because in an age where we are telling everybody to be themselves. For people to get, and you know, I always think of in terms of almost like social media, how social media, we're only seeing bits and snippets of people's lives. So, you know, for someone to judge um, Tyler, you know, based on a snippet of what they probably saw is, is I mean, really unfair because they, I'm, I'm sure if somebody wanted to, if, if we gave them 24 hours, they could probably catch you doing something they thought was gay like. They could probably catch me oh, yeah. doing something that was gay, like you know what I mean. Whether it's 
I mean, you know, just something because it's like people will make something into what they want it to be. So, um, but I will say, I thought his answer was great. Like, you know, I thought that was just. Oh, know, he, I, was, uh, he, he was on point with, the man, with his answer, yeah, man. He did yeah. not, he did, he did not play when it came to answering and he was very clear and distinct in what he had to say. Um, I really, I really applauded how he handled it. I mean, I, I really feel like his answer, you know how sometimes people can kind of make fun of you and you'll say something intelligent and it just makes them look dumb. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now yep. clearly we don't, we don't know who called him out, but I feel like his answer made all the naysayers look dumb. Well, and, and, and check this out because he made, this is, this is perfect. Um, this is one of the last things he said on the subject. Uh, he said, and what may seem like har- harmless fun in conversation may actually be sending a dangerous message to those struggling with real issues, he insisted. I refuse to inadvertently contribute to that message. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah, it is. And, and, and Dave. That, that is deep. Um, have you seen his freestyle verse? No. Uh-uh. Is you, you haven't seen it? Oh, Oh my goodness. Okay, Dave, you, you keep on talking here while I find it. I, I was... <laughs> no, he, I didn't he... know I didn't know I didn't know he had skills like that. Oh Dave. Oh my goodness. Let, let me find this thing real quick for you. All right. Let me see where <laughs> let me see where it plays real quick. And uh it's for a, everyone listening. In the new economy. In fact, let me oh no, I do. Um for anyone listening who um is adverse to uh, language. Um, they just got to bear with it. What the hell is going on? This wow. Range, baby. Oh, let me see, baby. I love your boy. Time, baby. You still, I know you're still writing, right? No, I've, I've always got something. Okay, I've always got a little something. Let me see. You say that like you have something now. I wouldn't show up. Okay, here it goes, Jay. <laughs> Shit. You Take my picture torch before he got to work. Before he spit these. Woo! Uh oh. Right here, mm. I need some a little faster. A little faster, a little you faster. You know, actually, actually, you got um FNF, that glow rilla. <laughs> we'll get that in a second. You got that? Yeah. Glow you should be able to pull that. Yeah. Yeah. We, just, we just had a whole discussion about glow rilla no, yesterday. <laughs> no, that, that, that record is hard. That's your joint right there? Yeah. Okay, Tyler James Williams, um, Abbott Elementary. Congratulations, season Thank two, you, Wednesdays, 9 p.m. on ABC. You may not know this, or probably you do. If you followed him, you know he's not just a thespian. It's a whole slew of talents this man got. Welcome to the Valley of the Hyena. <laughs> right. I did the humble thing. I'm going to talk shit for a little bit. Talk your shit, Talk your right. shit. Right. I niggas sippin' on cold brew. Fuck out the way when I walk through. Talking that shit, you will never be rich. I done fuck with your chick, I won't hold you. I am that nigga she fucks with, and most of that nigga she talks to. You gon' be a nigga, though. How do you figure? You must have missed like that's the old you. I wonder if you act on purpose. As your captain, act on nervous. My forehead touch her forehead. One more 
here touching the surface. She biting and scratching the surface. She long, she can take it, she perfect. She twitching, she glitching, she calling another guy. Her hands in the sky, this surface. Fuck all this going back and forth. I ain't playing tennis. She said, you asked where she was going. Why you in my business? This ain't clue who was you and why is you suspicious? Just be a man, Peter Pan. Understand that she F-R-E-E all the way free. She can be a whole freak. When she pull up to me, wait till she is I-N-G-L-E again. But don't get your hopes up. We broke up, but still friends. Uh, we be done. She just playing with it. Look around. I'm just laying in it. What the fuck we got to do today is all I'm saying, girl. All right. I mean, I, I'll spare all all our viewers with, with virgin ears. But, yeah, but no, but, they, I mean, oh, they, yeah, he's good, yeah. man. He's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never knew. I yeah, never so knew. I, I think this maybe came out maybe two months ago. And they, you should see all the comments from the ladies were like, hold up. We ain't know, we ain't know Chris had it like that. You know, like, we I mean. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that's all right, man. Yeah. So, he, uh, they probably going to be looking to, he's he going to have to drop something. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Abbott, Abbott, Abbott Elementary. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, all right. So, well, I'm, our hat's off to you, sir, for how you handled the situation. And, um, you know, don't let anybody bully you into trying to be something that you know you're not. So, and especially, the, you know, with our young people that go through all these different things all the time, you know, and, you know, they're already confused enough. You know, you can't, that's almost a form of bullying when people are trying to put it on you like that. So I like right. how he handled it. So and, that and was Dave, cool. Dave, you, you know, and I can say something real quick. And I say for me sometimes, not all the time, when your confidence in yourself is, is very high, your self-worth is very high, you don't even get bothered. Like, you know, so like I got the impression that his self-confidence is high, his self-esteem is high. And he didn't even let it affect him like that. You know, he came with his statement and just kind of kept it moving. That's right. That's right. And I agree. And uh, and I, like I said, kudos, hats off to how he handled it. That was a great job. So appreciate it. And you got some skills, brother. Um, you know, with the, you know, you know. Hopefully, we see if we're gonna drop that sixteen and to what for us soon. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, moving on to our next thing. Um, and just wanted to put this out here because I thought it was interesting. Um, social media reacts to Dr. Cornell West presidential bid. Uh, you know, I wonder why. Well, I guess this is better timing than anything because it's going to be a, a mixed bag of people uh, running for president this time around. So, um, but it says retired Harvard. Professor Dr. Cornell West has entered the 2024 presidential race, and he said this, I have decided to run for truth and justice, which takes the form of running for president of the United States as a candidate for the People's Party, West said in a video post to Twitter on Monday. I entered for the quest for the truth. I entered for a quest of justice. The presidency is just one vehicle we pursue that truth and justice. The political activist said that he is fighting to end poverty, mass incarceration, as well as war and ecological collapse and providing housing, health care, education, and living wages for all. You know, there was a video that he also posted uh, announcing his presidency. You know, 
Um, I had heard about a year ago that he was considering doing this. And, um, you know, Cornell West has always been a, a, a polarizing figure, um, very intelligent man. And of course he always has his talk, um, to the streets and, um, he's always enlightening folks as to, um, you know, his truth, the truth, and about the truth, you know. So um, what do you think about him um, running for president? Do you think this is uh, something that could truly be serious and something that he can get the enough backing for to become president? What do you think? So, I mean, I personally do not think he would get enough backing. Um, I do like Cornell West, and I, I, I did read that he's um, – running for the progressive people uh party which i i basically hear nothing about now if he was running democratic or or republican you know i feel like you know his run would probably get a little bit farther but i almost feel like all those small you know the green grass party and the independent party and i guess the people's um republic party you know i always feel like they just don't get enough backing for and and I'm sorry, it looks like, oh yeah, okay, he is part of the People's Party, which is founded by former staff campaign member for Bernie Sanders. But yeah, long story short, I, I just feel like he's not gonna get enough backing. And if anything, I mean it could be a great marketing opportunity if he has any books coming out, speaking to you know what I mean. But as far as running for president and being competitive, I I don't feel like he's gonna be there. Well, but the only thing is, uh, it also siphons votes away from, you know, maybe black or minority votes away from potential votes that would go to President Biden if he's definitely running or, you know, some of the other candidates who are non-blacks. Um, and how much damage does that really do? Because could that possibly let somebody in that we don't want in? If those votes are being taken away from a Biden or some, you know, who's the incumbent, what do you think? So I feel like I've read somewhere that in order for um, somebody to have their name on the presidential ballot for the general election, that they have to meet a certain number. I'm not sure if it's votes or but. You know, just because they're running for president and just because he's with the People's Party doesn't mean his name will automatically be on the general election. So mm -hmm. I personally, I don't think his name will make it to the general election. So I, I don't even think it, it, it'll be a factor. But I mean, I do like Cornell West, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, very intelligent guy, you know, very woke. And definitely uh, we've learned a lot from Cornell West over the years. So, uh, so uh, he was not a Obama backer, though. We do know that. He <laughs> he, he wasn't a big fan of Obama. But, of course, you know, uh, he's going to learn that it's not as easy as it looks. Um, Two, um, you know, Obama made things look so easy. <laughs> you know, a lot of people find it out it ain't that easy. So, you know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but I just wanted to bring that up since. You know, he has officially, of course, all these candidates, you know, here, Chris Christie is also planning to run. 
Yeah, no, no, Dave. I, I I will say, even though he was a Republican, I liked Chris Christie, and uh, and, I, and, uh, and I and I. Oh and, no, and, folks! Did, did my partner just say that for real? Oh, no, be, be, okay. because no, but you know, even though he was a Republican, the stuff he did made sense, and the stuff he said made sense. And um, the bridges over in Jersey. I, I'm just saying, and you know, now he he's he is very anti-Trump. So I mean, at, at least that gives me a little bit of saving grace now. But yeah, now he is, but he wasn't before. And he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, man. Come on now. I mean, Leonard, I, well, you disappointed me, man. Okay. Anyway, anyway, that, that's my partner. That's not the views you hear from my partner's lips are all his views. Okay, just hear that. Okay. Um, you might as well vote for Mike Pence too, man. And you know. You know, yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good on that one. You know, it's funny. Kamala hasn't said anything yet. I wonder what she's doing. Because we know she ain't hanging with Joe. Look, we know her and Joe ain't going to make another run together. You don't think so? I don't think so. Nah, I don't think Kamala, so. I, I feel like Kamala says she's riding with Joe. Did you ever see them together? <laughs> Did you ever see them together, Lynn? I do not. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. If Joe Joe just needs to stay upright for another few years, I mean, you see, he took another fall. You know, did you see that? Yeah, I did. They, yeah. It's getting bad now. But that one wasn't his fault because there was a sandbag there that he tripped over. That wasn't so. But it was so crazy because the people didn't help him up. That's what was so weird. It was like <laughs> they just looked at him. He had to struggle they, to get on his feet. Were they Republicans? They were his people. <laughs> but I think I think he was telling them, they said that he was telling them, I got this, you know, I guess he didn't want to appear weak, you know what I mean? So but anyway, no but we'll keep an eye on we're gonna keep an eye on what happens with with Dr. Cornell West and of course the other people that are running as well because well, all of a sudden everybody's running for president now. So We'll see right. what happens. And Leonard's Leonard's buddy, uh, Chris Christie, also. Okay. Well, I mean, you you know he went to your school. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So we'll keep that moving. Uh, yeah, he was hanging out down in Grambling playing drums, though. And, and, and then he went to Florida State and, and became a majorette. <laughs> you know, and then, I mean, uh, Florida A&M. No, yeah, it's too late. Florida, yeah, Florida State. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, all right, so that brings us to Dave's Corner. And I wanted to, I, I was hoping John would still be on with us, but he wasn't. But I just wanted to um, uh, bring this question up to us, uh, to the people on the panel here. Uh, Dave's Corner today, Leonard's favorite part. If you had the money to pay for the best seats in the house at three concerts, past or present, who are you going to see? So I'm probably going to see Notorious Big, Biggie Smalls, Christopher Wallace. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to go see Jay-Z. Okay. And my third one would be a toss-up. It would probably either be Wu-Tang, where I want to, you know how, like, everyone did their own individual album, but, like, I want to hear yeah. all 
all the the members albums songs that I like or mm-hmm. uh, Earth Wind and Fire. Okay. Yeah, okay. Those would be my my talk. Now, would that be the Earth, Wind, and Fire, the original lineup, or it doesn't matter whether whether it's now or the past. I'm, I'm assuming it'd probably be the the original lineup with all the, uh, the yeah. classic songs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. All right. That's 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 pretty good though. That's pretty good. Okay. Um. If it was me. Um, past show, and even though I've seen two of these artists, well, actually, yeah, I've seen two of these artists already. I would love to see Tina Marie again because she just put on a hell of a show. Uh, I mean, she really did. Um, also, Luther. Um, Luther's show was also awesome. And I saw Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I'll be honest with you, I saw the original lineup, Leonard. They were very, very good. Uh, okay. I'm telling you, very, very good. Um, but uh, I'm going to say something a little different since I saw them, even though I saw the other two, too. I would love to go to a James Brown concert. Okay. Because they said his concerts were off the chain. You know, so I would love to see that up front just to see how the people reacted and and um, um, just to see, you know, Mr. Dynamite himself perform. So, uh, so that would probably be the three that I would I would do. I mean, you know, it's funny, neither one of us said Beyonce, but you said Jay-Z. We know Beyonce is going to be somewhere nearby. So, <laughs> you know, so you will probably bring her out on stage. And I'll say my, my wife got me a, uh... Uh, Beyonce out. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, did she? Has she ever seen it? Um, she's seen her multiple times and multiple places. Oh. Uh, okay, so she 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 definitely a beehive, huh? Person, right. Her. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. All right. All right. Well, there you go. I'm sure people would probably have other things to say about concerts. So I'm sure we'll hear about that. Um. You know, we had, by the way, people, uh, Leonard, we had a lot of, co- I got a lot of comments about Friday's show. People really love the comments. That's uh, subject matter. Yeah. Cause everybody can relate to, everybody can relate to the things that we said. If you don't know what I'm talking about, people just check out our Friday show mm-hmm. and you'll understand, um, you know, backhanded, backhanded compliments. You know, and I think you'll understand what we were talking about, but uh, I did get a lot of feedback about that, so that was great. So, um, well, there you have it. Um, thank you again, Mr. John Coley, for coming on the show and hanging out with us. Um, make sure that you tune in um, on Friday for our Friday weekend roundup. And, um, Lynn, do you have anything that you want to add before we sign off? Nah, just, um, you know, make sure you catch us on Friday. And that, that's about it, Dave. You know, th- I, I already know before I know it's, it's going to be next week. So I'm, I'm going to save my comment for next week. <laughs> okay. I hear you. All right. All right, folks. Well, uh, once again, thank you. And we're going to say good night. And, well, that's it. 
next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.